Welcome to the first episode of the Horror Fried Podcast. I'm Brian. And I am Chris. And we're here, we're going to be talking Psycho. This is our first episode, so it's guaranteed to suck. And uh, we'll look back on it five years from now and be like, wow, we've come a long way. Definitely learned a lot in this one, hopefully. And the reason we're going to start this podcast is because there's some excellent horror podcasts out there, but they all seem to be from either out west or up in Canada. And those guys do an excellent job, most notably the holy trilogy of horror podcasts, in my opinion. Faculty of Horror, Witchfinger, and Boys and Ghouls. Those are the three of my favorites. So what you drinking, Chris? Oh, man. You know, to, today what I'm going with is my, my go-to favorite, a little bit of Stella Artois. Um, it's just... Uh, and how tall is that thing there? This here. That's what a is 20, the, 20? Well, 24? you know, it's the European 20. It's a 19.2. Yeah, 19.2. So just like the, the regular Stella's in the a European's bottle, are 11.2. Yeah. This is the 19.2. So they. Um, what about MLs? Is it an even number of MLs? Well, it's got your ounces on here. You know, they must well, it's have got an ounce. Sent them to the United States. Yeah, they knew. 19.2. I didn't see it. I'm not going to call us beer snobs because it's, it's going to be hard to call us. We, we do like good beer. Indeed. But, I mean, you're drinking Stella. That's pretty common. It be honest. It brewed we, over freaking coffee beans. Yeah, and that's... Pineapple extract. Yeah, and, and that's... Be honest. That's what we usually have. That is. It is. Something that, you know, only five people in the town know about. I do, I do um, enjoy the coffee stuff. But we're not beer snobs, and I think you, you know... The, your choice of Stella, which is uh, not quite on the snobby end. It might be getting a little closer. Mine is way from the snobby Let's end. Let's go is with just, it. This is just a Coors Banquet. Oh, buddy. You got to tap the Rocky. They put the MLs on this. It's 355. And you know why? Because it's an even number of ounces. <laughs> that's 12 why, ounces. That's why they so put it's it a, on there. a weird number. No, well, it's just a weird number of MLs. Like, I don't know. Who I don't said? see MLs, but mine does want you to know that it's one pint and three point two fluid ounces. That's what the pint. It, what, yeah. Give me a pint of the black stuff. Go Do on. they? Um, you know, obviously Guinness is the the Irish beer of the Western Hemisphere. Indeed. How about uh, Ireland? Are they are they big on the Guinness? I don't know. I, I don't know I, either. I, 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 I to, think. Go I ahead. did go to Jamaica, and. Uh, 
one of the guys at the resort said. Are they big on the, uh, what is it? The Red uh, Stripe. The Red Stripe. We ask yeah. them. I love Red so Stripe. So we drink Red Stripe, Red Stripe, Red Stripe going before because we're like, this is all they're going to have. We get down there, the guy at the resort's like, oh, no. Well, that's a terrible Jamaican accent. I mean, <laughs> <coughs> you got to put Mon in there. No, Mon. No, Mon. We drink the Guinness. Like the a joke? Guinness. No. They drink the Guinness Extra Stout. Oh, that's like in like the a, little st- Yeah. Oh, dude. Is it the alcohol content a little higher? I think it's a little higher. Yeah. And he says that pretty much it gives you the abilities to make it with the ladies for longer. Oh, yeah. So that's, that's a bit why of the Jamaican's life, the Guinness. That's a bit of a cure for the ED. Yeah, I yeah. guess it is. Gotcha. Well, that's good to know. We well, to yeah, to, to be able to even speak my mind on uh, something just as we would normally talk, I feel like I, I needed a couple of Estellas or oh, it does course, help. Banquet Beers, does help. something. So, Psycho, 1960, Albert Hitchcock, starring Anthony Perkins, Janet Lee, John Gavin, Vera Miles, and Martin Bosson. Hitchcock got the nod. For Best Director, although he did not win the Oscar, he lost to Billy Wilder for, for The Apartment. Have you seen The Apartment? I have not seen that. I have not seen The Apartment I've seen either. Joe's Apartment, and if it's anything like that, I don't think I've I think it's it. very similar to that. Oh. Except for Roaches, it's, I don't know, Housewives. I, um, I don't think I'd like to see it. <laughs> you know, The Apartment does ring a bell, but I, ha- I have not seen it either. I can't imagine that it has the cultural... Uh, there's no way that has the cultural significance of Psycho. Psycho pretty much started a genre in and of itself as the as the slasher genre. Um, and, I mean, I, the cultural significance cannot be overstated at this point. Just so many iconic scenes in the movie. It is, the shower scene being the the one that everyone knows. I mean, what uh, obviously we cannot add any any perspective to this that hasn't already been added. I mean, this movie's been dissected and analyzed and everyone's given their opinion on it for since it came out pretty much um oh and you know this is not one although it's an iconic movie it's a great movie not one that i have seen a whole number of times so obviously i have not the insight on it that a lot of people will have and if i repeat things others have said then i apologize this is just me oh well we're gonna we're gonna yeah obviously whatever we say is gonna be has going to be said before, probably. But uh, just give us your, what's your take? As soon as the movie opens and it jumps into black and white, I feel like in this day and age, if you're not somebody that's well-versed in movies, that has watched a lot of movies, that enjoys a movie for looking at the time period that it came from, looking at what the director, what the producers were trying to accomplish with the movie, that a lot of people are going to look at immediately black and white film and be like this is boring i don't even want to watch this let's just move on to something else absolutely but people don't have that the attention span is so short now i mean you need the michael bay special effects everything blows up and and the world's gonna get taken over type stuff prior to watching the movies for some people to like stay focused in it and everything but so if um, he was producing this movie he'd show up I mean, and and wonder house, why the house hadn't been blown up yeah, yet. Yeah, the house would have yeah. blown up. Cabins <laughs> 2 through 9 and 11 and 12 would have blown <laughs> up because they weren't being used. Because, they, okay, this is unnecessary. <laughs> boom, 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 all the way down. Just a chain of events. But um, 
you know, aside from just seeing that first black and white in the film, you know, it I, I notice a lot of how it sets up in the horror genre too, this like the close up on these people's faces when things are happening because that's kinda like what gives you the horror of any of these films. Even today, that's what they're gonna do. When something happens to a character, it's just boom, right up close up in the face. Yeah. And to see what kind of emotions they're living Insanely with. Insanely in- intimate in that regard. And um, you know, I Something that I found interesting that I that I just kind of liked in the movie, and it wasn't necessarily something that I feel like is has to be pointed out or anything else is um, his taxidermy kind of studio that he's got in the uh, back office, the parlor back there, and all of the different birds that are set up <laughs> around in there, all the different birds that are just like I feel like one of them was a crow. Like, why do you stuff a crow, for instance? But or a rave, I don't know what it was, a big old blackbird that was in this in this parlor just so, being stuffed. So had Janet Lee, I mean, after seeing that, should she have should that have been a hint and a half? I feel like, like that's hey. the run for the hills right there. And uh and But she frankly, warms up to him in that she, scene. Well she warms up to him and then that's in in this scene, uh the exact time where we even have like a scream um quote with uh, this scene with we all go a little mad sometimes. Right, classic. And now, like, you can tell from her face during this conversation, she's warmed up to him, and now she's kind of getting like, okay, I need to go to bed. She's, she ate his, ate his she food. Ate his food. You know. It was, it was a more innocent time back then. It was so innocent. <laughs> she was worried about being seen by her boss after going in for a headache. And then she gives him life advice. Like, <laughs> oh yes, like I think your mother ought to be committed, evidently. But um, yeah, I mean the storm had let up by then. Everything's good. Why didn't you just say, "Oh yeah, that's right. I'm 15 miles from Fairdale or Fairville," and you know why don't I just go ahead and keep it moving, roll out of here? It's only ten dollars for this room. I got forty thousand in cash sitting in my purse here. Uh, you know I'll just go ahead down to the uh, the town. Get some food at the diner, show up, see what uh, Sam's doing, and, and and get on the road. You know, but uh, she stays. You know, I, I guess we would not have a movie had she not stayed. Yeah, she and didn't it, stay. And it's uh, telling to his personality, I guess, that he seemed comforting, made her want to stay in this hotel. But, oh, wow. I feel like she definitely should have left a while before she went to the shower. Yeah, I, I, and I agree, but I, I, at this point, uh, and it's hard to say. Like, it's hard for us to really look at it in the the view of what audiences looked at it then, because uh, many of people, even though that a lot of the information about you know the identity of the killer and all this kind of stuff leaked uh, prior to the film's release. Um, don't need social media for that. Yeah, you know, I'm sure that you knew Norman Bates was going to be the, the murderer when you started watching it. Whereas that audience may not have known that. Um, and of course, I knew that that he was going to be the one to be doing all the the hacking and slashing. And that day and age, there was a uh, a lot of Janet Lee shown in the movie. Um, oh, for that time, a absolutely. lot more than what you would have normally seen during that time right. period. And, right. Uh, you know, you have Monroe people, you have Hepburn people, 
you may have a few Elizabeth Taylor folks out there. Uh, I'm a Janice, Janet Lee guy. That's she wouldn't have to have forty thousand dollars. So I'd still run away with her. Well, I feel like uh, and Sam was ready. I mean, he. I, I feel like he was kind of embarrassed at his uh, social status at that at that point in time. But uh, oh, with the he you, was ready. with the his relationships with the divorce with the divorce going on and living in the back of his hardware store and not having a lot of money to give. And how? And, and I'm trying to think of 1960. I'm sure divorce was. Was it was that still a taboo uh, subject? I'm sure it's, I mean, huge it's commonplace. Now. Like, now. That's that's why it's kind of sneaking around, you know. Like today, it's like, oh well, you know, the the divorce is going through, and this is taking place. And as long as the two parties within the divorce are civil, nobody really bats that much of an eye towards it. It's just a commonplace. But back then, I feel it's like, almost a rite of passage now. Oh man, yeah. But you know, back during this time, like. You know, I feel like that's the reason they're sneaking around. You know, he's he's already said his ex-wife, right. his ex-wife in the very opening scene. So it's not as though, you know, it, it's not as though that it's it's that they are just separated or that they're going through divorce. Like it's his ex-wife. But I mean, and and then later, while she's at the bank and she's sitting there, this guy comes in with all this money, and he says. <laughs> that it kind of catches me off guard. He's like, "Oh, she's getting married tomorrow. She's turning eighteen as well." And I'm like, "What? Excuse me, sir. These girls are normally just uh, graduating from high school, getting ready to go to college, but this one's getting married." So, um, I mean, what about yourself? What are some things that make you, as as a, a horror fanatic, want to look at and talk about this movie well, out of any others? Well, I thought about, you know, you know, it's obviously, like we said, it's the first episode of this podcast. You know, where do you start? And immediately, you know, Exorcist kind of, you know, came on the radar. And and then, you know, several other movies. Uh, but Psycho just kept coming back, kept coming back. And I'm like, you know, that's, if you're going to start a podcast, you better start it with a true classic. And to me, this is the... I mean, this is the modern day horror movie. This is the start of that. I know that the kind of the supernatural horror, where you know the Exorcist would fall into that category, um, is making a, a big comeback. A lot of movies that owe a lot to the Exorcist have been highly successful. Uh, the Conjuring comes to mind, um, successful franchise. Um, but Psycho, I mean, spawns so many. It has an iconic director, you know, Hitchcock. I mean, we, we, we you know, film students and uh, scholars and critics. I mean, they, they study this guy. I mean, you could... I mean, I, I, I remember being a kid and seeing some Alfred Hitchcock TV shows and different things coming on TV. And, you know, this is late 80s, early 90s, <clears throat> and I'm sitting here under 10, but it comes on TV fairly regularly, and I just see this guy, and I'm like, it, it emits just this feeling, even when you don't really understand different genres of television, of TV, of movies, of anything else, what is anybody going for, but just seeing this guy standing there, 
dipped in his suit with some barely light coming right on him and everything else is dark and you're just like, this guy is creepy. This, <laughs> like, this guy might show up in my bedroom tonight and start just making me feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> but, I mean, and, and that's what he was going for. Yeah, like. yeah. And it's one of those that anybody that can recognize greatness... I mean, you, you're exposed to him, and it, it doesn't take long to figure out that he's cut from a different cloth. Well, and, and I feel like another thing that I notice when I watch this movie is you, is you see it, and, you know, filmed in 1960, and you see these movies that are back then, and so you've got kids coming up now. If they're 18 now, they were literally born in the year 2000. And so... You've got kids that are born in the year 2000 coming up that have grown up. They're just becoming adults. And their entire life, they've had all of these electronics, all these different things. Like, people shoot amazing videos with your phone now. So you watch this vid- this movie, and you're like, oh, well, this is not really that. You know, older kids might. You, you see, that. oh, this is not really that great. I could do this with my phone. I could have done this. Like, I could have thought up this movie. But it's like... This was groundbreaking for that time. Right. So if you could have done it then, then do it now. Now be the groundbreaking person in either a horror genre or a movie genre or whatever else. Like be the next Alfred Hitchcock then in your day and age because he was him during that time and there was not another him in 1960. Absolutely. And, and the reason that they th- feel that they could think that up is because they've been exposed to... <laughs> I don't want to say copycats, but just movies that have been highly influential. I mean, they're a dime a dozen by the time that they're even born. There's so many out there. There's, I mean, good, bad. You know, there's just there's plenty good. of material to dive into. So it's almost like you think you've seen the movie, but you're watching it. You know, this to someone that grew up then watching that movie, it's not going to be. It's probably not going to be shocking to you. Um, you would have to have a, you'd have to be able to grasp, okay, this is 1960. I'm sure this was a highly controversial film when it come out and just understanding the skill and art to film those scenes, you know, with the equipment that was available to them then. Is there anything else that really stuck out to you? Yeah, the car. The the um, are there still places in California where you can just drive a car and it sinks into the ground like that? I, mean, I really don't know. And was that what was was it? Because when I first saw it, you know, it's in black and white, so some of it's hard to tell where where it's actually at. Is it is it a tar pit? I feel like they uh, call it a swamp, and this would have been they, Arizona. They did, they did call it, oh, she Arizona. Was still in Arizona. She had okay. bought the. I think she had bought the car with the California plates but she was driving to Fairvale and I, th- I think she was still in, nah, well she might not have been, I think Fairvale might have been California but yeah, a swamp and you know you talk about scenes that influence other scenes as he's standing there watching this car sink down into this pit Yeah, and he's just kind of 
you can tell he's obviously nervous, but it's also kind of like, well, I've been through this. I know what this is about. Like, we're just waiting for this thing to sink, and then I'm going to be on about my way, and everything's going to be great, and then it just all of a sudden stops. In so many movies and so many things I've seen, characters have something taking place that is just obviously, like, no, this plan's going to work. They're just waiting it out. They're watching things happen, and then it just stops, and he's like, Curse looking around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening now? He's looking around as if there's a lot of other people sitting there, like, what am I supposed to do at this point? And then it starts sinking again all of a sudden, and he just starts smiling and biting his fingernails and goes on about his business, and, you know. He could uh, breathe again. <laughs> he could breathe again. Jeez. As you see the... As you get to the end of the movie, and then you come back to thinking about that point, you think almost the way he acted, as he kind of had his hands and his arms kind of pulled up to his face and things like that, is what personality was he under at that point? Was he himself as Norman Bates, or was he that is his a, mother? That is a good question, but I, I do think that Norman Bates is protecting his, his mother. The whole time. Oh, the whole yeah. time. Oh, yeah. Because... So, well, there were those, there were those. you know, mental illness is a hot topic now, and this film shines a light on it. Indeed. But, uh, I mean, he, he still is committing a crime, e- right. even if right. he's not the actual murderer. In his mind. In his, yeah. Right. And it, like... I don't today, like you said, mental illness is a big topic. But would you look back during that time and figure that people knew as much about mental oh, illness as they not. do today? Absolutely not. And so, when you see, I mean, a they, figure. Were they lobotomizing people in the sixties? I don't know. I don't know if that was. I'm not sure. I did see something I mean, today, honestly, about how. In the Paleolithic or Neolithic era, they had uh, some cow skulls they found with holes in the top of them. And, you know, these paleontologists, these archaeologists believe that people during that era of time were even practicing brain surgeries on cows prior to doing them on actual people. For practice, yeah. I mean, I feel like things could have been going on like that, but the general public, the people that are going to be going to watch this movie, like, do you think they know that much about mental illness? Like, what do you think they're thinking when they see a figure murder a woman in the shower, and then all of a sudden he runs back down there, and he's sees it, freaks out, and then immediately starts to clean it up. Like, he's like you said, definitely protecting his mother throughout this entire time. And who wouldn't? Oh. I mean, that, that, that's you coming down to. Uh, I mean, I don't know. A mother. Everyone would love to friend. Right. Everyone. <laughs> We're coming full circle with this stuff. Um, <laughs> that's true. That is true. That's what I've been told, anyway. Um, well, that's what Norman believes. That's what Norman believes. He's sticking with it to his guns on this one. Anything else to point out to you? I mean, that car scene just, uh, I just, I guess it got my wheels turning like, hey, 
I mean, I've seen them drive these things into large bodies of water, but never... Right, and, and if it's that shallow, is it going to stop? Uh, yeah. What's happening? Uh, yeah. Right Evidently, he knew what it was going on. Oh, he knew. He I, and, and I don't know. You, you, this obviously is not his first time, so you wonder Oh yeah. how many has come before and how many cars are down in that thing. Well, you might think, well, did it, did it hit on that other Ford that I just had uh, dropped in there the other week? Right, or, yeah. Or what's going on? Yeah. I, I'll tell you something that threw me off during the movie was he was down at the office at one point, and you know in the movie he's at the office, but then someone looks back up at the house and sees a figure walking by. Right, yeah. And that... That gets me and kind of threw me off because it's like, well, if he's down there and he's the only How one that's alive in the house, who's walking by there? Right. And it, was that the inspector that, who, no, who saw that? It was uh, either the inspector or, or it was Sam. I think it was the inspector early, though, because it, and then he starts asking about why or who's up there or is there anybody else living in the house? And right. Could be he. Or it might even be Marion. Very, very early. Right. Because she definitely thought somebody was there. Oh, yeah. And holler back she, and forth she was, at herself. <laughs> she was convinced. Absolutely. She was definitely convinced. Um, so, body counts? How many How many victims? Well, are we including, if we include mother and boyfriend, that's two. That's two. Marion. Yep. Harbor Gas. Yep. I think that's it, isn't it? So that's four total. Four total. And then two on screen. Two on screen, and that skull, though. One iconic, the other one should be iconic. Should be. Because the twinkle toe action going on. Oh, my gosh. I, I thought that it was like some wire foo taking place. And, like, I, like, you don't want to criticize a movie during this time because you don't know the problems that they're facing and what they're trying to do, like, I don't think they had probably the same kind of health insurance and stuntman that we have today, but like, you don't want to push like a 50 year old man down a flight of stairs for a scene and actually kill someone. But it uh, it it's it's odd to watch him fall, and then at the very very end, it's like snap! All of a sudden, here's his last feet hitting those few stairs, and then he falls out on the floor right. and gets stabbed a few more times. It's definitely overacted. But I like it. I like the scene. I don't know if it was intentional. I like to believe it. It is. It's fun. It's a fun scene. It, it kind of takes some of the the bite out of it. Definitely a fun scene. And you've gone from killing an innocent, well, possibly innocent woman in a hotel yeah, room to the... now like you're killing a man of the law or a detective or I still say she's innocent but she one is, is Janet innocent. Lee yes uh, two you're correct stealing money is bad but I don't you shouldn't have to pay for your life with your life no nah, I don't yeah, think I mean, so that's pretty I mean yeah the punishment doesn't fit the crime I guess is what like even in a biblical <laughs> sense it would just be like uh, let's cut your hands off and then you can go on back so you're not going to be a receptionist anymore but I'll tell you what got me about Janet Lee's death scene was she's she's been murdered she's laying over the shower 
I don't think I could have like held my breath or kept my eyes open or whatever she did for so long while they had that close-up of her face with like the tear or the water from the shower coming down her face and they just had the close-up on her and then they just start panning back and panning back and panning back it's like how many times do you think they might have had to film that yeah, that's about her moving now. around so that people actually believe like this woman is dead she's been murdered and that's she's not alive is so iconic and I'm sure that that's probably somebody that can answer that they, they know how many takes it took to do that but she she's great wonderful actress absolutely that 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 scene it may it, it very well could be the most uh, as far as scenes go the most famous scene of all time oh yeah good very easily be I mean that that starts the slasher genre. If you haven't, even if you have not seen Psycho, you know, you've seen images of the scene, or you've seen the, maybe have seen the entire scene, or you've at least like what if you were going to sneak up on your friend in the shower, what kind of noise would you make right when you got there? And we're not going to do it, but you know the you know the exactly sound exactly what you the know noise the is. Where does that come sound. from? And you know, if you look back to even in the in the Scream movies, they go through the rules of horror movies and what people have to do to die, which, you know, the detective didn't do anything, but... So are you saying, because I know where you're going with this, come on with it, is that Janet Lee is the first female to have sex and die in a horror film because of it? I don't know if it's the first... You know, uh, it, 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 like we said before, the she uh, right. is the rule. Is did this start the rule? I guess is what I'm saying. I, I feel like it might have started the rule of like if you've done something naughty, then you might get your just do. You yeah. might, you know, you might get your comeuppance. You're gonna well, be the fir- you're gonna be the person that meets their end in this movie. Well, she like, did a couple things naughty. Well, once she slept with a married man. Yes. Okay. Married, this, divorced. He, he's, gonna, he's gonna. He's gonna. He's gonna. Currently gonna be divorced. And then she st- runs off with a bunch of money, right? Which, uh, if now did that guy have it coming? Because he was kind of a creep. Like he was throwing, he was st- st- spitting his old man cowboy hat, rich guy dynasty game. Oh my god! She wasn't. I think she picked up on it. I'm gonna say. I mean, you know, she's she's one of these actresses that people are gonna know, and so. You're gonna want the audience at least during that time to think like, "All right, we're on this. We're on this lady's side. Like, we know what she's going up with, and you know, maybe she's one of these first strong female characters because, I mean, Sam's not stealing money from his business. He's not taking out any extra loans to be to make this happen. With her to make, make this happen. relationship and happen. She's still in 40 G's, which, if you look at the equivalent after inflation and things, that's Three hundred fifteen thousand dollars today. You know, it's, absolutely a lot of money. A lot of money. You know, again, uh, those cars she was trading out are not twenty thousand dollars. They're like fifteen hundred. Right. So her Which, whipping out seven hundred dollars in cash is like. Yeah. Baller status. Yes. Like, Where's your husband, ma'am? Yeah. Like, what, Which, which you know, you trading this car. The, the salesman looks at her funny too. It's like, whoa. He kind of pumps the brakes a little bit. The but then he's like, time. hey. I need to make a sale. <laughs> this, is, this is cash money. And he's right a car salesman. Come on. Come on. 
car he's, sale. He's just trying to make a living. He's just trying to make a living. That's right. But uh, There's you know, no she, in car she gets sales. in her she gets in her head as well, though. And uh, you know, she definitely she's definitely battling some uh, inner demons, as we call them. Uh, oh, absolutely. Me, I feel like and absolutely. You can tell that she's trying to figure it out, and she's trying to do the right thing and at first the right thing is what's right by Sam and now it's what's right for for her life like we need to go back and straighten this up and make things right that's again. right but it's too late she I feel like she dies a almost a martyr maybe a martyr is that the right word a martyr because she had already verbally said to Norman that she's driving back in the morning. Oh, and to, she's going to try to figure out how to make her life right. Right. And so, did you it. interpret that as she's going to return the money? That's like, how I interpret yeah. it. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I I feel like that's they they see the money that's subtracted from forty thousand dollars later. Her her boo and her uh, sister her see the money see this piece of paper that she flushed down the toilet like she's trying to figure out how to get it right and you know she says she's going to go back and try to make something right in her life so I feel like she was going to try to do the right thing but you know no okay. one will ever know just uh do you feel like that um you know it has that scene at her place of employment and it looks like She's kind of the workhorse of that place. Oh, they had him in a sweatshop. The, the uh, you know, the gentleman comes in talking about how hot it is in here. And oh. <laughs> why can't he buy him some air conditioning mm -hmm. and they can afford it after today? But then he says, well, oh, but he him, can go into my office. Well, you, it's you, air conditioning. Yeah, right. And and he is, uh, you know, money solves everything for that guy. Oh, he, he's, you can't he can buy, buy happiness, but you can buy well, he, unhappiness. He, yeah. But I get the feeling that they're going to be losing a little bit more than a bunch of cash when she doesn't show back up for work because it looked like she was handling all the business. Oh, yeah. That's just my interpretation. Oh, yeah. They're going to be losing a whole lot of business without her for sure. I mean, uh, her, her, buddy, her buddy thinks that uh, the only reason she's not being hit on is because of her wedding ring, but we can all look at the picture there and see what's happening. Yeah. You know? and who's, what's, a wedding ring hasn't stopped any. No. Male, I don't think. I don't know. Probably in the history of yeah. Most most men are stupid, but anyhow, I so. let the cat out of the bag. All right, so obviously, being a huge Halloween fan, the first things I picked up was the Sam Loomis. I was like, holy shit, Sam Loomis! I know that name. Halloween. Yes. Got me all excited. And then, I'm like, Janet Lee, huh? I need to know more about her. Because like I said, she's my fave. Right. Um, and then come to find out, she's Jamie Lee Curtis's mother. So, instant, like, oh, it makes perfect sense now. Because Jamie Lee Curtis is... I want to say scream queen, but there's a lot of those. But she's the queen scream queen. Oh yeah, I mean we even we even have what there was a TV show 
not long ago. Scream Queens. Oh, yeah. If you don't have her in it, then it just loses all its but validity. she is the Queen Scream Queen. She is the Queen. King, Queen, Scream... All, all the titles. She's the best. She's the top of the Goes line. Jamie Lee Curtis. And, uh, you know, through, throughout the... I, I, I hate that I keep referencing the same movie over and over throughout this entire time. What movie is this? But again, Scream. Again. Oh, Scream. Well, the, the Scream They're was... They're watching uh, Jamie Lee Curtis... And talking about how she had the best pipes. Oh. And she, uh, well, she did. Yeah. She has some good pipes. Just good pipes. And, um, you know, your lady friend here in this movie, as you could see, has she some good the, pipes as well. Yeah, the, the, yeah. I mean, she may have. The term pipes could have been coined after her performance. Do we have Jamie Lee Curtis if her mother was not in Psycho? Probably, probably not. I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis is great, so I'm sure if Jamie Lee Curtis sans her parents being who they are shows up for audition, can't can't pass. You that. can't turn her turn her away. No. But the real question is, do you have Halloween? John Carpenter's Halloween without Psycho. I mean, Halloween to me is a love letter to Psycho. Oh yeah, and and that's you know, same kind. I mean, even down to the the murder weapon that's being used. Absolutely, the entire time. Absolutely. Um. And again, mental health is somewhat addressed because indeed you have this Ahab type character in Doctor Loomis. His patient is on the loose. Who specific? Yes, yeah, specifically uh, uh, works with him. He is mm -hmm. the one giving information the about how to stop of this. Of this, you don't want to say man, because they make it clear in Halloween. And I wouldn't just stop talking about Halloween because that's probably another episode for another day. We'll get back to it. But on my first watch of Psycho, it, like first time I saw it, actually it was not that long ago. I, for whatever reason, I guess I'm of that. 80s slasher genre that's in color. Sure. I did take a film class probably about 10 years ago when I really got to appreciate older films. I could watch films that are in black and white. I've watched many silent films. Right. If uh, Some films I don't particularly like, but I understand their importance, and I make sure. myself sit through them. To, to <laughs> well, just you're to have gonna, a, You're not going to sit there and when somebody says, oh, what's your favorite film? Citizen King. Nah, it's a it's a really good film. But do you want to sit through this? What is that? Is that your number one desert <laughs> right. island? I want to watch this yeah. every day, all oh, day for the. It's rest the of my greatest life film ever made. Okay, let's put it on right now. <laughs> well, I mean, the baseball. There's, baseball. I'm sure there's somebody out there that will take you up on that, but I guarantee you, nine times out of ten, it's like, uh, well, I'd kind of rather watch <laughs> Garbage Pail Kids the movie. I mean. <laughs> Because I am one of those people that would rather watch a Garbage Kids movie. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Anyway, so Janet Lee, Jamie Lee Curse's mother, just some other things about Psycho. In my, in my opinion, it's, like I was saying, I, I watched it a couple years ago and had avoided it and regret that I avoided it for so long after I watched it. Because it was, it, it, when those credits rolled, I said, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. That's top five favorite films ever. I love it. 
Well, you, de- you definitely it. have to go down the rabbit hole, I feel like, of, of horror films or of films in general right. you, to you, get it. Like, you're not just going to be like, hey, I'm watching, you know, Insidious Chapter 3, and that was cool, so, oh, this recommends, you know, Amazon or Netflix or something recommends Psycho. Like, it's not there. you got to look into it. you got to figure it out and find it for yourself. Yeah. Absolutely. But, I mean, anybody that... I mean, you, you got to understand the cultural significance of it. And I guess it's one of those that's like... I can't argue with... You know, the horror nerds. If I've never seen Psycho, no. that's like misspelling something on a Facebook post in a political argument. Indeed, you can't. No. If it, you misspell it, then it, it, it matter what you said. You misspelled it. You're an validity. asshole. Yeah, you misspelled. In- so the ending of it. Were you disappointed that there was no like the bad guy doesn't get his just due and get murdered or killed himself? Or were you fine with the the ending? You know, with, with me personally, I like the ending, you know, and it's the ending in itself. As you say, it, it sets up so many other horror movies. It's, you know, how many horror movies do you know where there was only one and the killer at the end of it died and is gone? And that's just the end of the movie. There it goes. Like, goodbye franchise. Goodbye series. This yeah. is it. The killer's dead. That doesn't make them... If you find a way. ...that immortal killer. To bring them if, back. The, and so, you know, it's to me personally that the, the ending I enjoyed because, you know, he even says to himself that he, he won't even... Well, she, I guess, mother says, I'm not even going to swat this fly. I hope they're looking at me. I hope they're watching me so that they could see that I wouldn't harm anything. And, like, the psychiatrist has come back pretty much saying Norman Bates isn't even in there. Like, as you watch it towards the end, even the characters that are in the same room aren't even debating and being like, well, we have to hold this man responsible for this. Like, they're just accepting the fact of, oh, well, if he wasn't lucid when these murders took place, then we should feel sorry for him and everything's okay after this. Right. I mean, what yeah. what about you? Like, when you saw it the very first time, after seeing so many other horror movies, and then coming to this one and seeing that end, what well, are your thoughts? Well, you know, and we touched on this earlier, um, about mental health. I, I thought it was quite a profound statement for its, for its time, especially, because, you know, I'm, I'm sure that the the ignorance of these types of, I don't want to say, yeah, I guess I'll just use the word illness, uh, was probably very profound in its day. And now, in, 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 in a way, I think it makes it more horrifying because it's putting a, you know, this is a work of fiction. And it's putting like a real life stamp on it. Oh, yeah. Like it's, 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 it's saying, hey, this could happen. Like that's... And and we have the expert here is you know even though it is a character it's yeah. the expert saying oh yeah this happens because and, and, and they go into and the does. difference between like oh well is he just a transvestite which even saying that word in a movie right in how many people knew what that like was a cuss word and right. they literally <laughs> just like go all out to explain it this is a person that 
enjoys doing this for these reasons, and he doesn't do that. He's doing it because he thinks he's his mother. And right, I I, I thought about it because, like you, I hadn't watched this movie until not long ago, but as I watched the movie, I thought about the, the entire fact that in order for it to be a really good horror movie in my mind, you have to show the audience that, like you said, this is something that really could happen. Mm-hmm. You have to show people a place that is comfortable for them. When you go to a hotel and you check into it today, and you walk in that room and you shut the door. I'm scared like, to death. Yeah, you might be, depending <laughs> on where you go. <laughs> depending on what room you check in, because... Like, you know, you you talk about other movies nodding to Psycho, but they even have, like, the Vacancy and other, the Vacancy right. 2 movies. If I ever check into a hotel and it's completely vacant, I'm tr- like, well, I'm saying there's no rooms that are full. Yeah. I'm walking out. Now, I've never asked that question. Right. Maybe I should. Do you have vacancy? Yes. How much? How many <laughs> vacancies do you have? Yeah. Is every room empty? <laughs> <laughs> because if they are, we don't. Yeah, well, need I don't to need to stay here. Room. But yeah, I mean, and I say that it could happen. I, I you know, alt- obviously, there's multiple personality disorder, and that's what they're alluding to here. But I don't know if there's. It, it could happen. Certainly, you could check into a hotel and get stabbed to death in the shower. Well, there's, uh, there's that's, no that's, doubt that that yeah, could happen. That, <laughs> um, but I don't know, uh, and I could be wrong here. I'm not an expert. I don't know if there's any case to where someone has a multiple personality and one of the personalities is someone who did exist in real life. Yeah. Well, I mean, you you have later down the road, there's two other movies that I can think of right now without looking at anything, without thinking about it that much. There's two other movies that focus on this idea of not even maybe necessarily multiple personalities. You are multiple people, but the idea of doing things because it's what you believe is real life. One of them being a beautiful mind. Scream. No, no, not scream. I'm not <laughs> going to go into scream again. But a beautiful if mind. You look at a beautiful mind. He sees these people. These people are real. Right? Well, it what yeah, and and that's with any any million. And then, schizophrenia, voices, images, they're real. They're real to the person seeing them. More recently, that, split. I didn't see split. You didn't see split. Oh, no. We're going to have to look at Split. We're going to have to talk about Split. And Split, he captures and kidnaps... Split Shyamalan? Is that M. Night Shyamalan? Yes. Okay. M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong. Shyamalan Ding Dong. And his character kidnaps these two girls, these three girls, and brings them downstairs into this shit and has multiple, multiple, multiple personalities and has a psychiatrist that knows about it. Oh, he has so many. And he dresses up like them, just like this. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, and that's... It goes back to this. Yeah. I even You was, see Norman Bates in a dress. Oh, man. You better get out of there. Yeah, you better start running. Because <laughs> he didn't put... I mean, Norman Bates does not put the dress on. I mean, even in... Mama does. Mama puts the dress yeah. on, and Mama does the murdering. Yeah. Mama stabs I, I mean, I watched Waterboy the other night on TV. Wow. And that should have won the Oscar. Now, this is a stretch. This is a stretch. People right now are going to be like, why the hell did this kid bring up water? No, I get it. I know where you're going. But the the mother-son relationship was toxic. Well, 
the mother-son relationship is toxic, but the, the other thing that I was thinking of specifically with the dressing up, too, the coach, when he has his mental break and finally is just becomes oh, inferior, yes. he's standing in the living room talking to his mom on a telephone in heels and a wig. Was that Defond? Defond's does that. Oh, yeah. Defond's coach does that. And it's just, does this go back even to Freud in an Oedipus complex? Oh, everything goes back to Freud. Everything goes back to Freud yeah. in the Oedipus complex. Oedipus complex. Now, what you pointed something out to me that I didn't notice. What's that I looked notice? at that I wanted to ask about. What you... the the color bra changes? Yeah, you dirty man. Before. Well, she actually, steals I'm the, money, the dirty man. And after she steals the money. Yeah. We Why? go from white to black. Why? And and we're not going to get... I don't, I, I don't even know if I want to go there. Because it's kind of, kind of racist. Kind of racist. Uh, oh, what is that? Huh? Well, what? you know, the, the old white, and you know, being pure and all things nice and black being the opposite. Indeed. Indeed. So, 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 so she she sins in the white bra. She's, and the white she's goes to black. And pure. And in the black bra, the black. she has stolen. I mean, indeed. Yeah. I mean, it's I like, like the, the white too. She's mysterious in the black. In the black. And you know, as we talked about her, she could have been wearing black from the beginning, based off of the way that people looked at what was going on in that hotel room. <laughs> There having sex out of wedlock, she should oh, have been wearing. The, she wouldn't have been wearing a white no, wedding dress back no. then. That's true. That's true. What's the bigger sin? Stealing a bunch of money or sex with a man who's not yet divorced? I and it, it, what do I wonder what her relationship past is like? Did they ever mention that? I, I, I don't, don't think know. They did. I don't know. That's something else that came to mind when the other man's talking about his girls getting married at eighteen, like. You know, I look back in the 40s, my grandma and grandpa got married, my grandma was 20, and I feel oh, like yeah. it was normal, yeah. it's like, oh, How old was your grandpa, was he married. much older? He was 40. See, look at that. Yeah, 20 that. year difference. He was 20 when she was born, I think about that sometimes, it's a little weird. Yeah, because you have a daughter. Yeah. So, your, your sensors are a bit more receptive to things like this. Uh, if it was grandma and grandpa's time that her husband is 24 right now, and I'd hate to think of what he's running around doing. Right, yeah. Because she's only four. Right. That's insane. It's crazy. We didn't really disclaim that we were going to get into any spoilers, but if, my God, the movie's what, 50, um, get, going, getting close old. to 60 years ago. So, my, years I mean, old. I'm sorry. If you haven't seen it, then just, you know... Go watch it. Sorry, anyway. we spoiled Psycho for you. It'll be worth. If you it. didn't know what rock have you been living under, that Norman Bates is killing. I'll tell you All what. Right. I'll tell you what would be good for him is just to see Anthony Perkins' face staring back at the camera. Oh, and then that guy. That guy's great. Anthony Perkins is great. I mean, I can't just say enough. I mean, just wonderful actor. The way that wonderful, he's just perfect back casting. At the camera. Yeah, because like, I I don't know about your experience, but when I watched it, I mean, I know this guy's the killer. I right. know he's going to kill Janet Lee, And we already have covered my feelings on Janet Lee, But I like, I genuinely like the guy. Yes. 
Yeah, he's and, a likable guy. And you see Sam confronting him, and you're like, why don't you just leave Norman Bates alone? Yeah, right, yeah. It's like, he's oh, just trying to live shit. his best life and we, run his hotel. Yeah, we go from... In his face. Oh. Save Janet to, well... I mean, Don't hurt honest. Norman. Well, let's be honest. When she's gone, as beautiful as she is, when she's gone from the movie, aside from them looking for her, like we're not thinking that much about her anymore. Right. In the movie. like exactly. We're not thinking about what got lost. We're thinking about what's happening to Norman at this point. Right. Who's going to figure it out? Who else is he going to have to kill? And just imagine the people that watch it have no idea that he's the killer. They really are sympathetic for him. Oh, I, I would have liked to have seen the fight between he and Sam play out a little bit further. It just kind of yeah stopped with them struggling over a knife. But I feel like in a today's movie, it would have had to have been at least five or six stabs between the two of oh, them. Yeah. And then they see each other in the hospital later yeah. on and everything's all right. But I'll put my money on Anthony Perkins. I think he, I think he's got he it. He comes out, yeah. He's, he's done this come before. Out and he's he, done this before. He knows what's going on. So, just some... Interesting things about this movie. Facts. So, 1960, of course, there's no MPAA. And maybe the world was better because of it. <laughs> but anyhow, uh, in 84, MPAA decided to... Well, they, they've been doing this since they were formed, for the most part. They'd take older movies, you know, that were on their radar, give them a rating. Finally got the R rating in 1984. Well-deserved R rating. Good job. Birth year. Yep. Oh, I was not aware of that. 1984. Orwellian year. All right. Um, first American film to show a toilet. That's interesting. That says a lot about the 50s. The 60s broke down a lot of barriers. It broke down the, the toilet barrier. How about that? Oh, man. Hitchcock and his ultimate brilliance financed the film. Um, Paramount uh, wasn't kind of going for it. They didn't really know how well this is going to be received. So uh, he said, Paramount, you don't pay me, but I get 60% of ownership of the film. Now, who do you think came out on top of that? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's a no-brainer. Yeah, his family's probably still making, the Hitchcock estate is probably still making money. Off of these things. Off, off, of, off of Psycho. Um, and, uh... I see, I see some, some info to me that's interesting about this infamous, this well-known, maybe not infamous, but notorious shower scene. With it being black and white, you would think, oh, well, you know, everything's got to be the correct color... And today's okay. movies, so reds you're, you're and blues and yellows. So the, let me guess, the blood was not red. The blood was not red. We'll Chocolate it. sauce was used for the Chocolate blood. sauce. And you know what? That's not the... I've, I've heard of that. And that, that seems like, I guess... Shudder maybe... has a, a show called The Core, which is excellent. And actually, Glenn Danzig was on the last episode, and he talked about using chocolate syrup. Chocolate syrup. Because he would... Blood. When he filmed in black and white, using and, chocolate syrup... Could, and it, it's not it's not going to have the same viscosity as water. It's going to be right. a little yeah. thicker, and like blood should be. Exactly. And so it should. And black and white, same. you do not know the difference. Um, I think that works. Most well. of this film shot with a crew from television. However, this shower scene took. We got to get the big guns in, huh? A week 
to film. So there you go. Less than a minute. We we talked for about this the scene. Yeah, we talked about the number of takes. So they were shooting all week. Shooting all to week to get this scene in for this one scene, while the and rest of it is just knocked in and out like you know a what? TV series may have been for that uh, time period. A week, well worth it. I'm sure there was some bitching on the set about that. We've been doing this all week. Oh, what the well, hell, hell they'll be talking on. about it 60 <laughs> years from now. They will. So, they Or they should be, at least. Yeah. And I know one person, uh, again, that we see that was completely devastated by the scene was your actress, Janet Leigh, well, who I'm has sure said that she avoided taking showers the rest of her life. After filming this she scene, she didn't want that like curtain that. to be closed. Oh my god, I can't even imagine it. Sometimes, even today, I feel like, what's going to happen when I close this shower curtain? <laughs> and I'm sitting in here, listening to my music with my shower beer after mowing the grass. Like, who's coming in here? Lock the door. Yeah, it doesn't um, matter. Hitchcock's paid nine thousand for the rights uh, for Robert Blocks. I hope I'm saying his name right. That's the novel. Um, he's the author of the novel, rather. Um, he made the bid anonymously, is what I've read, in order to, you know... At this point in his career, he is a big-time name. Hitchcock has put a bid on the rights of a project. I'm sure that that would pick up on the radar of some of these Hollywood guys. and They would, you know, get into a bidding war, which I'm sure he did not want to happen, if he could get it for 9000 <laughs> Why not? Yeah, why not? Um, sneaky that way, though, Hitchcock. That's pretty cool. I love I love things like that. And also, uh, he was he did not want the ending to be spoiled. So I've read of accounts of him buying up the novel from certain bookstores, so the ending you know would not be known to the public. But there was, there was a slogan during that time says, don't give away the ending. It's the only one we have. And that's true <laughs> for every most movies. Most, most unless movies. Unless you're watching these bonus features, and those are not really normally Alternate that anyways. that day. Um, his attempts of keeping the ending quiet was in vain as Variety Magazine, months before the release, spoiled the ending. Great job, guys. Great job, Variety. You know, and Hitchcock, he also instructed theaters not to let anyone in late. Oh. Yeah. So what happens if if Chris shows up in the movie and the, the guy at the ticket booth says, sorry, sir, you're not on time for this film. You can't get in. Who's who's seeing the movie with me? Is Your daughter. A, oh. <laughs> it's Trolls. It's Trolls. Is, is there a Trolls 2? I show up. Not yet. Okay. It's Trolls 2. I know she it's loves Trolls 2. Trolls 2, yeah. And, uh, I mean, we, we listen to Justin Timberlake albums and say, oh, this is Branch singing it. So, she loves it. Yeah. But, uh, I think uh, at that point, there might be a big, uh, a pretty big fit being thrown. So and uh, you know that would be me. She'd just be matching my fit that I was throwing probably yeah. outside of this. Oh, this but I think everybody would have been out of that movie at that point. Yeah. There would have been a, some mass hysteria happening. Yeah, you know, I would have been pretty upset about not being able to see this, this film yeah. on that day when I go to see it. You told the eighteen-year-old behind the counter, "Do you know how long it took to get her out of the house, get her ready to go?" And, uh, and we're here two minutes late. You're not gonna let me in, trolls. Shouldn't you be? You know, you know, now you're eighteen. The opening credits hadn't even started yet. Come on. <laughs> Did they have credits? I'm an American. I have <laughs> rights. Did you notice anything about 
the decorations present? Just, I mean, it could be no. Any idea of what time of year this might have been in, filmed in? Oh, they say it at the beginning. They do throw a date on there. And a time. December. That's like an odd... Oh, they did put December on there, didn't and they? It, so that was, clues you off. It, and it it's amazing to me because it I'm sitting there like, oh, well, they're so hot freaking December. Oh, I need man. to go out to West Arizona, Coast. maybe. West California. Yeah. But. Oh, out west. Yeah, they did throw that date off. I forgot. Um, you know why that date is there? Mazda. Because apparently... Know. And I've... I mean... Nothing glaring me in the face. There's some visible Christmas decoration in some of the scenes. Some, yes, yes. You notice that? I, I didn't really notice it, but now that now that you say it and and the way that things were set up, yes, you can you can tell some of the some of the the Christmas decorations. I can't pinpoint where though. Do you have some specific? I don't. So this was Hitchcock's final Oscar nomination. No. And he never won an Oscar for directing. Which is amazing. It is amazing. Because, because if if he's that well known now, right, he's considered one of the best. I mean, he's after this long of a. I'm sure they of time. probably I, they had to have given him award posthumously. Did I say that word right? I feel like that's yeah, you know close what good that. does that do anymore? No, I guess his family to so say, oh yeah, great. Our but loved one has been dead. Don't all the uh, all the great recognized. artists of any kind have to be dead before their works really appreciated? Yeah, well before their time. And you know, it's uh, as you look and read about this movie, you as we've talked about and hinted on so many times throughout the time we've been talking about this, it was groundbreaking for this period of time. And you have to realize that no. In order to make a groundbreaking film like this, you have to break ground and not... There's always going to be two sides to that. There's going to be the side that loves it and wants to see more of it. Then right. there's going to be your other side that's sitting here like, how are you letting these people get away with this pornography on this screen that's right. up here? Like, it's terrible to them. And speaking of more of it, obviously this is a start of a franchise. And then most recently the series, which was a successful show. I remember I having people far younger than me telling me about this show, and they loved it. Bates Motel. Bates Motel. So, um, I watched a couple episodes. It's probably really good. I just, there's so many other things that I want to watch. It's great. It's not going to equal the greatness of Psycho. Oh, there's, no. No, there's no way. And I may end up picking back up on it, but it's just not something that's currently, I mean, Psycho... And Psycho 2, we're not going to really get into Psycho 3 and, and 4, but those mean a lot to me. Well, and I, you know? and I will say, as much as what Psycho has influenced, if you have never seen this movie, or if you're trying to look it up, and you look up Psycho, and you see a picture of Christian Bale, you're looking at the wrong Psycho. Well, that's American Psycho. Exactly. Yeah. Because if you try to search it, depending on where you're searching, what you're doing, you can just type in Psycho Movie and get a whole lot of American, American Psycho. Psycho. Which is great. Oh, American yeah. Psycho. I love American Psycho. We'll do American Psycho eventually. I we'll get around it. to that. That's, but, again, but that's a, a different beast altogether. But all right, I want to ask you, watching Psycho today, does it hold up? Does it stand the test of time? Yes or no? To me, to me, I feel like it does. 
or, or maybe it's biased. Maybe maybe I'm biased. And you know if I feel like we're going to get a lot of the similar responses because people that are listening to a podcast are going to be movie buffs or what, at least want to know. Yeah, about they're going to have seen Psycho if you bother to listen to this, unless you're like family or something. Love you guys. <laughs> um, do you think uh, the generations coming up behind us? Do you think it holds up? Will we'll, we'll hold up for them? I hope so. I hope so too. I, I hope that it will continue to be put out in whatever media medium that people can see it, because uh, there are always, without a doubt, in my mind, there are always going to be horror film fanatics. Right. And for Very those horror film fanatics, fanatics, it would be devastating to think that a film like this is going to be lost throughout time because that's that's the exciting part about becoming a fan of a genre is saying you look at this film it's almost like music i know you and i are both really big in music fans of all different types of music but as you try to branch out and you try to see these different things you look you, at what inspired where did this it come person. from exactly right. and you and you finally get down to this is the person that influenced all the right. rest of this. Exactly. You want it to stand. I think up. that's lost a little bit Indeed. today. Yeah. But that, those those people are definitely still out there. If this movie was to come out today, you know, we, we have all these terms about movies now. It would be described as a slow burn. Yes. Because the beginning, it, it takes a while for, you know, the opening shot's not gonna, it's not a murder. Um, oh, yeah. You know, some films start that way. Um, it takes a while to really get going. I think if, if you're going to be turned off by the movie, you're probably going to be turned off in the first 20 minutes. You know, where, right. where is this kind of going? Although it grabs me. As soon as the money is stolen, oh, I'm yeah. grabbed. I'm in there. That's I'm it. like, oh, sh- yeah, That's I'm in there. What is, what is the outcome of this going to be? Some people probably not going to grab them until the shower scene. But I'm going to tell you, after that shower scene... Well, then, it's a wild ride. And, and it's a wild ride after that shower scene. You're exactly right. Yeah. And, I mean, if you're going to look at a movie poster, you're going to see on that movie poster Anthony Perkins, more than likely. Right. You're going to know he's there. He, he, yeah. He's, so he's not just a bellhop or right. the, 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 the guy at the front of the hotel. I would, I would hope that if somebody was going to watch this for the first time, that they wouldn't watch that first 20 minutes and get turned off before they even meet the killer at the movie and see him and actually get to see him and his personality leading up to the shower scene. Right. Because you're not supposed to know that it's him in the movie until when? If you're Late. watching the movie for the first Late. time, when I mean, you, you know he's finally find out it's him. I mean, he speaks of his mother and you know she's got some issues. But don't, you don't know it's him until late. Until like the fruit seller? If you watched it in 1960 or 61. Or is it is it when Marion's sister has gone down into the fruit cellar and sees the mother cadaver, the mother oh, body right. turn around? That, that, yeah, that would have been the big reveal. Now that, you oh, say, she's oh, dead. what is happening? It's got to be someone movie. else, and there's only one other person that... It could be at this point. At that point, he's just a good son. That's right. So, 
We could keep talking. They're going to be talking about Psycho for a long time. We'll be dead and gone. They'll still be talking about Psycho. We won't be the if, last. If there's justice in the world. That's going to be it for now. Until next time, I'm Brian. Chris. We're out of here. Psycho killer.